This episode of Where Did It All Go Right is sponsored by Pearson. Pearson is the world's learning company, supporting talent and helping everyone to make progress in their lives through learning. Working with teachers and education experts, Pearson provides a wide range of qualification routes, so you can pick the course which suits you best to develop your creativity and stand out in the crowd. Visit them online at go.pearson.com forward slash where did it all go right. Hello, we're back with a brand new episode of Where Did It All Go Right? I'm Ali Jones and we've got another great guest who will tell you about the pivotal moments in her career. We hope to inspire and entertain you. So this week's guest is poet Kate Clancy, as well as writing fabulous poetry which has won her numerous awards. She's a teacher and is author of the widely praised book Some Kids I Taught and What They Taught Me. We met in her kitchen to talk about her job. So I was doing a lot of reading about you, Kate, mm. and uh, I was interested that you were talking about being at school, and that you know you didn't really want to sh- didn't want to do sport, didn't shine so much at sport, but writing is is your thing. And I wondered if you could shine at writing when you're at school, if it went that far back. Not particularly. I don't think there were many opportunities to write when I was at school. Um, that just wasn't sort of there. Mm. Uh, that's interesting because. I've talked to quite a lot of different people in, in this podcast yeah. series and one of them was a comedy writer, Paul Mayhew Archer, and he went to Cambridge and he said he never fitted in with people who were there and he formed cliques with people who maybe just didn't mm. quite fit in. Would you say that's something that that you happened to you at school and, and at university and has actually has helped you in a way? Um, I don't know if it helps you. I mean, I, I think... I I had great difficulty writing at length and I think I definitely have many of the features that people would know diagnosis dyslexic I've got very weak spelling and um, very poor handwriting and grasp of figures Um, and I think that I've learned to write at length since I've had computers Um, I also you know struggled with a sense of entitlement when I was at Oxford I didn't feel very confident to do these things that people did Um, I didn't feel confident to form alternative cliques either I just generally didn't feel very good Um, I went into teaching and, you know, I think I found my feet in teaching in schools. But you have to have confidence to be a teacher, don't you? Don't you think? Um, yes, you do. You have to believe in what you're teaching um, and believe that you can help people. I mean, I think people often think that teachers have to be very loud or charismatic, and that's absolutely not true. You can have any, any personality type, I think. You just have to want to want to convey something to young people and believe that you can do it and and after a while and believe in what you're saying and after a while they will listen to you but I think it's that approach to literature the sort of being quite slow um if you, if you think about the text that you know you maybe you learned for a level you really know them um and I think that that is that detailed going over things day by day reading Shakespeare line by line looking at poems line by line um that really helped me to feel feel my way into the back of them and see how maybe I could write them myself. And you say that you really got into writing thanks to computers. So mm. would you say before that that really writing wasn't a big part of, of what you did? No, I was just reading up to then. Honestly, up until, up until I was about 26 or 27. Yeah. Um, I really never wrote, didn't write letters. I was very bad at it. 
um, I mean, I, I wrote essays, but I found that really quite hard for, for university. Um, I just I just found long continuous writing really quite hard. And I still, I mean, I still probably do, but I'm, I'm quite a slow writer. But I am computer assisted now, so I can spell better and I can get over over into the next page and I can check things. But no, no I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I was always intimidated by these lives of the writers as well, where people, you know, produced gifted things early. I absolutely didn't do that. I absolutely skipped straight to last 26, 25, 26. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember at school, there were some people who could just write reams and reams. And, yeah. and it's quite off-putting as well when you're sitting there and you're trying to trying to come up with mm-hmm. ideas. But is that why poetry appealed to you more? Because it's shorter? Yeah. Well, I think um, people who have a halt in their fluency, you know, because they change language, for example or because they're deaf in at some point um, or because which is much more common than you think that people have a period of deafness or that 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 who are dyslexic and I do recognize fellow people with that difficulty that you just spend longer looking at the world and its images and it takes a bit of a longer time to get those images to get your cup of perception down 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 the tubes onto the page and that make I think that makes a poet. I think you just arrange things more carefully. You hold things in your head. I mean, I have a very dyslexic student who said, "Well, you know, I have to listen, watch everything, and then I have to store it in my head and make the words for it, and hope that it comes out in poetry on Tuesdays, because that's the only time she got to <laughs> sit down there and I, I would kind of scribe for her and things." But I recognise that she was she was she was more dyslexic than me, but I recognise what she meant. Yeah, that um, kind of stewing stuff in your head. I, I love the fact as well that you said that teaching wasn't about being a compromise it was what you wanted to do you know a lot of people yeah. might say well I wanted to be an actor but I did teaching something to fall back mm. on but for you it was it was, no, the thing you it, really it was to what do. I wanted to do yeah and uh, it, why was that I couldn't even say you know um it, I that's just what I wanted to do I thought I could do that um my mum was in education so she was a head teacher um I just was very interested and was called you know it's a vocation it's a calling I had a calling to be a teacher mm. and and we were talked earlier about confidence and you know you don't you said you don't have to have huge confidence mm. to be a teacher but you've got to have an air of that look that you have if the, for discipline for example you've got to work on doing something to make a class listen to you haven't you you grow that um I think that's why teacher training is important people I mean some teacher training is not not very good and people say negative te- things about teacher training but I think you need to do it mm. Um, it's almost a physical transformation that you have to go through to to read a whole room Um, and you can be told how to do it you know very well as often as you like but you have to go through it kind of experientially you have to you have to go through the punishment that happens to you if you don't hold the discipline Um, you have to believe that you are going to hold the discipline so you know and so whatever absurd thing you said the next person that speaks I'm going to chuck you out you have to do it (laughs) Um, and then and then you get an air that after a while they don't question you anymore people just know just by looking at you that you will do those things see that's where I'm going with my children because I'll say right no screen time or something or I'll take your iPad away and then I suddenly realise the iPad is still there so you've got to follow through you have to be consistent however stupid the thing that you've just said is you have to follow through on it (laughs) fair enough (laughs) and and, um, you talked about um, at university uh, studying is it English that you studied? English literature. Yeah. So, how much of that was poetry? Where where did the poetry come in? Probably not enough. I mean, poetry was always what I liked the most, and hmm. uh, I was opted to study it wherever I possibly could. Poetry and plays. But so, where does that then? When you become a teacher, did you struggle to start with to say, look, I want to do poetry 
as a teacher or just some schools because it's it's having a bit of a moment I think poetry now but but then well poetry well I just did poetry um I mean the when I started teaching the curriculum was much less dictated to the national curriculum was just beginning to come in um and you know you could just move around it and it always had poems and it always had anthologies in it and you could always put extra ones in so you, you push the poetry. I just did what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're enjoying what you're doing, then that's going to feed into the children, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, and it's very educative. Yeah. And, and then, so I'm interested in then how. So you taught, you started the writing while you were teaching at the same mm. time, doing it in, in the yeah. holidays and, and evenings. So, and, and do you remember sitting down ever thinking, what am I doing? I've, I'm doing a job, but I'm also doing this. Because it, it's juggling, and with small children as well. It's... I didn't have small children then, no. Okay. Um, I was uh, just um, on my own in London. It, yeah, you do sometimes, and, you know, and it, to, but writing poetry is always a slightly ridiculous thing to do. You're never, going, you're never going to make yourself rich or famous or anything except getting the poem. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's quite a pure and lovely thing to do. Yeah. Um, and that was the late 90s in London, actually. It was a lovely time for poetry. There was quite a lot of excitement and new poets and excitement around poetry and um you know I, I also i got published very very quickly um i went on an arvin course sent by my school can i say my school sent me away to study poetry with caroline duffy for a week i'd only written 20 poems and she told me to you know go for an eric gregory award and and i did and then the year after i went on an arvin course with simon armitage in, in my half term and he just signed me up to chateau so i was I, I was signed for a publishing house before i'd even sent a poem to a magazine um, so, uh, you know, that came very quickly. And would you put that down to meeting those very important people yeah. and you were in the right place at the right time? I was almost. in the right place at the right time. Also, I, I was very talented. Sorry, <laughs> looking back at my poems. <laughs> We've got to put that in. Yeah, yeah definitely. They were very good poems. <laughs> yeah. um, you... But th- that was a definitely a pivotal point going on those, those courses with those people. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was, it, it was a good... I mean, it, nobody, however talented... Th- could have that happen to them now there's just not enough money in poetry publishing for that to happen to them now mm. but on the other hand there's lots of other things they could do they could go on on, on the on the web and you know become become known that way there's a different circuit there's a different publish there's a different process i was very lucky to be there and be there for that yeah but i also think it's that thing that i just said about waiting until tuesday i had i hadn't written anything but it was all up there yeah and now i had my little apple computer and it was coming down flowing it was yeah and, and you re- do you remember writing those those first poems and thinking actually i think this is this is really good, good. yeah yes yeah. yeah yeah no i do remember the total excitement of it, it was glorious oh that's yeah. an amazing feeling yeah, yeah that's fantastic because but though you felt that glorious feeling but i know you've said that earlier that you didn't feel that you could be a poet when being a being a woman so that must have there must have been a shift somewhere that somebody yeah, must have told absolutely. you that you can or um, was it you telling well, well, yourself caroline duffy told me i could um and, and she told me through her work and that's what it, it was set on the school a level syllabus the other country and um, i remember just sitting in the school top stock cupboard and reading these poems and thinking there's a whole new world and then from there i went out and started reading sharon olds and salima hill and kathleen jamie and just lots of other women poets and thinking oh actually i am i can i can do this yeah. i will not end with with my head in a gas oven i am able to say i am um and so i did but you know the caroline duffy yeah massive 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 influence yeah, yeah that's massively important to me but not only her but as your body of work grew and you wrote more poems and also the short story and winning awards do you think being nominated and winning awards then gave you 
almost power to to write more because because you were being noticed and people were saying oh can we have some more of this please i think it's a bit intimidating actually um and i always talk to you know to, to, to young people who are being very successful i always you know slightly worry about them and talk to them about that because you i wrote my first book without even imagining anybody would read it and that's very freeing mm. Um, and then my first book won loads of awards. It won the Ford Prize and the Saltar Prize and the Somerset Morn and um, Scottish Arts Council. Um, that won six awards, I think. That's 1996. Um, and then I did. I felt a bit intimidated um, and felt a bit self-conscious. And I think my second book, Sam Account, is self-conscious and anxious. Um, because and there then, was a pressure on you? Yeah, yeah, I just felt that people were looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then, But my third book, Newborn, is a um, much more relaxed poetry mm. book. Yeah. So... It's like a two-edged, double-edged sword, isn't it? Mm. That you sort of, you get known, but then it sort of puts puts extra pressure on you because you now know people are reading your work. Yeah, and it's well, like also, being a musician yeah. in that second album, isn't it? People want you to be the same but different, and that's very difficult. Yes, yeah, I can imagine. Um, and I was interested in, I was thinking about children having a big impact on your career as well, mm. because you've written about children in poetry, your children, but mm. also the, the recent anthologies of the children from Oxford Spires. Mm. And that was a, a massive success, which which must have been lovely to, to publish their work. Um, and and the new book as well, mm. about, about teaching. Yeah. yeah. So uh, would you think that, would you agree that children have made, made a big impact <laughs> on your career in, in lots of different ways? Yeah, children are always important to me. And... Um, I know that you've tried to help children who maybe are lacking in, in self-confidence and, and we've talked about your own mm. self-confidence but sometimes do you think that you're, as a child you have confidence and it can actually diminish as you get a little mm. bit older because like you were talking about the, the awards that you sort of have time a little bit more to be aware of what other people are thinking. I'm not really a teacher of children, I'm a teacher of adolescents. Mm. Um, I mean I can, I can work with primary age children but I'm not especially good at it. They're always asking if you can, if they can sharpen their pencils and go to the loo and things like that. And I was thinking, well, I don't know, <laughs> don't know the answer to that one. But I'm, I'm very confident with um, 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. And I don't think mostly they have to go through different barriers of confidence. And mostly I'm working with students with one kind of difficulty or another. Um, and so a lot of what I do is tell them that they can do things that they're, that they're just enabling them just giving them confidence mm. were you surprised though by the enormous success of, of the poems that you, you knew they were good mm. of the England teens. poems from a school yeah poems. teens that yeah. you taught but it, it resonated with a lot of people I think did that surprise you well not once I, I knew they were good it took me about 10 years to get there that was 10 years from when I started that that book came out um, and, you know, I'd been through various progressive layers of, you know, getting them to write, getting, building, building up so that all the kids were writing and getting these very, very good writers and getting us to win all the national prizes. So by the time the book came out, I did know that those poems were very, 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 very good. Mm. And I kind of had a feeling it was going to be a hit. Um, but it's really nice to see it and it's really nice to see the wonderful effect of it and how much confidence it's given the children mm. and how far they've gone with it it's been really lovely and to have their voices heard out there and people mm. understand a bit more you know what they go through and also how what a beautiful thing a multicultural school is mm. so for people who don't know it was a book about um, it's a collection of poems children who've come from all parts of the world mm. and I wondered what their reaction was when you brought in 
I imagine you had a, do you have a proof or did you have a first edition? Well, it was, um, I think one of the, the, the really fun bit was paying them all. Um, so <laughs> when, because we did pay each child and so we had a lovely process. Um, I did it with Asma, who's one of the kids in the book. Well, she wasn't, she's now, she's now an adult and much more efficient than me. So she had organised all the contracts and everything. Um, and we, so it was that, that was a lovely process of tracking down. People always think all the children are in the school, but it's 10 years work. So some of them are fully fledged adults um, at, you know, graduates doing work of their own. And some of them were, you know, the littlest was 12. So they went between 25 and 12 because some of them were six formers when I first met them. And one of them's a teacher in the school, you know, but we, we, um, so we would be going and talking to all of those individuals and paying them their their hundred pounds for their poem, and seeing how pleased they were was a really nice moment. But yeah, we, when we brought the poems in and using the poems in class and keeping those things going was also lovely. And, yeah. and you said it, it took you ten years to to get the project going because to get the level up and everything. But did you also struggle getting it published, or was it straight away? No, this is a great idea. No, it wasn't very difficult. Um, the it was strange. I was doing the headmistress was retiring the head teacher who'd done a huge amount for me and i was putting together an anthology i every year um i published anthologies for the kit of the kids work and i started publishing individual pamphlets of their work so one year i was that particular year i was publishing 17 little books which was a crazy thing to do <laughs> um and the 17th was an anthology of all the best poems for the last 10 years to to give to the retiring head teacher and i just some point around midnight when I was completely past myself and halfway through a bottle of white wine I just thought this is just such a brilliant amazing 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 book I'm going to send it to Don Patterson and I did I just went you know look at this we should publish this incredible book and just went press send and then I woke up the next morning and thought what have I done you know I've just sent a bunch of school children's poems to Britain's leading, leading poetry editor and then there was a silence and I thought okay he's not going to talk to me about it that's probably good um, and then he just got back on the phone and said, this is the most exciting thing I've read for years. We're going to publish it as soon as possible. And then we just did. You know. That is the key then. Drink wine late at night. Mm-hmm. Any ideas that you have and then hit send. Actually hit send. Normally it works out <laughs> disastrously, but this one worked out perfectly well. Have you done that with any other uh, books that you've wanted to publish? No, or? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the way to go. Um, but I, I know it's, that must be so proud. And, and it, I'm interested in, I think you'd said in the past that... Um, when people you get introduced to people Mm. and you're a writer they're like oh but when you're a teacher less so and I wonder why that is because when you're a teacher people start telling you how to do your job right because because they think they know because they were at school and um, we don't have experience of being a writer, I suppose. No, well, um, also, but also because teachers have got lower lower social status um, and they they're not as They've got lower status than a lawyer or a doctor or most other professionals. People talk down to them. Um, and that's because, you know, partly because they get paid a degrading amount of money um, and they get bossed around by the government and they're the butt of all kinds of blame. And also because if they teach in state schools, then they spend their time with working class children. And also because many teachers come from working class backgrounds and because many, many teachers are women. And all of those... Um, factors combine and people patronise them and don't take them seriously in this country particularly and they do better in countries like Finland. So having that view would you say though that you are proud of being a teacher than you are of being a writer? Well it's really rare to be a writer and published mm. and I'm very very grateful to be published um, and to be out there I, it's not something I ever imagined myself achieving and I'm absolutely thrilled and you know 
rejoice. And I don't take still being published lightly at all because lots of people aren't. So that's something I, t- I take very seriously. But I do take being a teacher very seriously mm. as well. And, and would you like to teach... Um you said you're not going to go for young children no I would never teach little children no <laughs> um but um but maybe teach other teachers have the yeah. success of the book that you've had about mm. all your teaching experiences and we haven't really talked about all your different teaching jobs but I guess it's every teaching job that you've been mm. in you've grown more and you've got more mm. experience and some better than others but I guess there's such a lot of information that you could pass on to newly qualified teachers I well all teachers I I love teaching teachers mm. um, and that is something that I'm looking into um, I teach at the University of Reading I teach undergraduates at the moment as well which um, I really enjoy but I think what I enjoy most I mean I, that, that is the next thing I want to do is to try and teach teachers and work with teachers mm. because whenever I do teachers need to be empowered creatively and allowed to do creative writing and uh, um, allowed to, you know, have regard for their own writing and their own creativity. I think it empowers them a lot and helps them a lot. Mm. So that's what I'd like to do. So you'd like to do that with with uh, with teaching, with writing though. What what other poems are ready to come out and and, and other books? Mm. Um, well, I've got this book. My book, most recent book, is some kids I taught what they taught yeah. me, which is about teaching. Um, and then there's a third part of that, the, the project. So there's England's, England poems from a school. There's some kids I taught and what they taught me. And then I'm just finishing a book which is called How to Grow Your Own Poem, which is all the different... It's a, well, a how-to book, um, and it's based on all the different best ideas that I had for teaching kids to write poems, uh, or humans in general to write poems. So it's addressed to an adult. Um, you can do it on your own. I imagine various teachers will use it to you know borrow the ideas for their workshops and that's absolutely fine but it is it is it's addressed to the individual it's got lots of lovely contemporary poems in it that help you write uh-huh. um so that, that, that that's the next thing that's going to be out there how um, to grow your own poem what a great title yeah why do you think that poetry is really having a bit of a moment at the moment <laughs> at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think it's phones smartphones and computers um, I think that you know that it's actually. I mean, my students. People always say, "Oh, how can you get teenagers into reading poetry?" It's really very easy. They like it, and quite often they've read it already, and they're carrying it around with them. Um, and that's because it's phone shaped. So it's on Instagram. You can have a poem. Um, on Twitter, you can have a poem. That's why where I put out most of my poems. Um, you can and and people pass poems around in you know just screenshots and so on i mean it, it's very, it, it's hard on poets because in some ways because where are we going to find our money but that's true of all creative industries and the internet but it has created a much bigger audience mm. wider audience for poetry than we've had for a long long time and it's caused it's causing a lot of excitement i mean people like to despise insta poets and say dark things about rupee core yeah okay but there's also fantastically real things out there you know um poets and get poets making their own videos poets making their own readings it has been you know poetry is being spread more widely than it has for many many years do you think as well because poetry has got structure and and, Mm. and a sort of frame and because we're living in quite uncertain times at the moment there's something to cling on to it's um it's page sized and it's clear and it's um yeah it's shape it's it's internal shape can fit in the on the size of a phone Mm. as well I think people read um, my students' poems partly because it's good that they on Twitter that they 
Because there's, such, there's such bad stuff going out there's there. There's so, so much it? bad it's, stuff. It's, it's nice yeah. to go, oh, some, some light. Some light. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's, here is a child expressing themselves beautifully, yeah. you know, and that's a good thing. And then they can still feel the joy of creation and the joy of being young. Um, so I think there is a <laughs> there's a gap in the market for goodness. Yeah, definitely. We've talked about. I mean, we sort of whizzed through a lot of your your mm. books and your poems and 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 your work. But sort of if we were pinpointing pivotal moments mm. and where things went particularly right for you, um, wine wine is involved a little bit, but only slightly. Um, but also, no, I mean it's um, well, the Arvon course uh, with um, Caroline Duffy. Yeah. Things went right for me, um, and then when I so I was publishing my first book. And when I walked into Oxford Spires, when I became, became you know, vice residence there, that things were definitely going right for me. And then I think when I sent off England poems from a school. Yeah. Yeah. And right going back to the job at the Spires, walking into that job, was that something that when they, they had to offer it to you? Or was that something you applied for? Yeah, some, I created it. It, it, it was, um, so first of all, I was there in the inclusion unit for the, with the charity First Story. And then um, Oxford City Council created a city poet post, I mean, and they suggested I do that. And at that point, I went along to the school had just become an academy, and I asked the head teacher if I could be a writer in residence. That is, could I be on a teacher's salary? And I'd bring my city poet things with me and um, try and make that post work. And very imaginatively and generously, she said yes. Um, and then from then on, I you know, I got my own grants. Um, that with great difficulty. I was never very good at getting grants, but I got grants, <laughs> and I'm, I made things happen um, f- from that po- from that point on. It's having a passion, isn't it, for, yeah. for doing what you want to do? So I just made it happen the way I wanted it to happen. Yeah, being yeah. in control almost, yeah. and and working as well uh, with Caroline um, at that course. Do you think you'd have gone on that if you hadn't been pushed to go on that through your school? No, I, I asked the school, but right. again, they were, they they were they were very generous and let me. Yeah. If it hadn't been on the A-level syllabus, I don't know where I would be. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? So whoever put Caroline Duffy on the NEA A-level syllabus. <laughs> thank you very in much. In 1994, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone who's who's thinking, I would really like to try and, and get some of my work published and I think I've got some ideas in my head and, and I'm mm. going to get them onto paper, what, what advice would you give? I wouldn't think about publication. I would think about doing the writing. Yeah. Um, I think a writer is a person who writes is always a big revelation so it's not somebody who thinks about it it's somebody who actually does it and you're only a poet in the act of writing a poem so you should just get on there and, and do it um, and the world is the world is accessible so there's a neg- the negative thing about the internet is that you will never be paid on the other hand if you're a poet you were never going to get paid anyway um, and so the good thing is that you can actually get in there and find out you know get into the many 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 networks of poets and workshops and people that can help you Um, and above all to read you've just got to read your contemporaries so that you can poetry is a conversation it's people talking to each other and you need to be able to talk to people and you need to be able to read in that contemporary vein so that you can speak in it Mm. and have experiences as well because a lot of your poetry is about Mm. your own experiences Mm. maybe don't shut yourself away too much because you've got to you've got to live life I've always lived life I've never um on the on the rare occasions when I've been sent off on a residency or, you know, given time to write, I've always completely clammed up. I can't do it at all. I just I really just like to 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 be in life and to be living. Yeah. Oh well, thank you so much for taking the time for talking to me about all the different. There were some big moments that have, have shaped where you are now. And the new book, then, when are we going to see that? 
Um, I'm not sure. I think it's next year sometime, 2020. Yeah. You're at that stage yet where you're, because I love all the covers of your books and anthologies yeah. are so different. And I, are you at that stage yet where you're deciding how that's going to look? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's really down to down to the publisher. <laughs> I imagine it, it will look a bit like England. Um, I hope. I mean, that was that would seem a sensible idea. Yeah. Have a little tree on it or something. Well, Grow Your Own Poem should have a tree, shouldn't it? It really should. It yeah. really should. That's what we'll push for that. Kate, thank you so much for talking to me. Great. Thank you. Thank you to Kate for taking the time to talk to me and Kate tweets many of her students' poems on her Twitter feed at kateclanchy one and you can follow us on Twitter at wheregowrite. If you love writing, we've got Joe Cottrell, Katie Baxendale, Tariq Jordan, Hilary Robinson and Claire McIntosh on previous episodes of the podcast. You can subscribe to get future ones and you can rate us on Podbean, iTunes and Spotify. Thanks to Meg for production again this week and for Laura as well for the music. See you next week. This episode of Where Did It All Go Right is sponsored by Pearson. Pearson is the world's learning company, supporting talent and helping everyone to make progress in their lives through learning. Working with teachers and education experts, Pearson provides a wide range of qualification routes, so you can pick the course which suits you best to develop your creativity and stand out in the crowd. Visit them online at go.pearson.com forward slash where did it all go right.